Hi guys, welcome back to One Notes Too Many. I'm your host, Urbanese. Choral and classical music education has been relegated to music schools and classrooms. On this podcast, One Notes Too Many, I aim to make choral and classical music and its education accessible with my new perspective. When I did the debut episode, the informal music class, I realized I may have let out too many concepts all at once, just chunked everything together. And so today I'll be dissecting one of the concepts I talked about, pitch. Let's get started. I'm quite glad I used this intro or this interlude for this episode because I guess I specifically wrote it for this episode. It's and and the concept you're going to be talking about in this episode, pitch. So if you listen closely, you'd realize it's a it's a recording that was done by a male myself. It was a rearrangement I did of a very popular Catholic hymn. Most Catholics know and love it. I know my Redeemer lives, I think, Catholic hymn number 201 or something. And if you listen closely, you'd realize the soprano part was pitched an octave lower. That's because I'm a natural tenor and I didn't want to force it to and they like just ruined the entire thing. Right, so I sang it as an octave lower. So that should be relevant. Keep that in mind as we understand what pitch is. Pitch is a fundamental element of music. In fact, the most fundamental. I did a lot of research to find out where I can start from, how I can make the dissecting easy and very digestible. And pitch was the answer I got across most sources. Pitch is a fundamental element of music. It refers to how high or low a sound is. That's basically it. Think of it as stairs on a musical ladder. When we listen to different instruments or voices, we notice that they produce sounds at different pitches. So soprano parts, alto parts, tenor parts, bass, and baritone parts. Everyone has their own register, right? That's the, the, the range they can cover, right? Their highest pitch, lowest. Now, a fun fact about pitch is that it's determined, this is not really a fun fact, just a, a science, you know, nerdy fact, that pitch is determined by the frequency of sound waves. Now think of it as the speed at which waves vibrate. When the waves vibrate quickly, we perceive a higher pitch. When the waves vibrate slowly, we hear 
a lower pitch. You could go into longer wavelengths, shorter wavelengths, those kind of things. But basically, that's it. In music, we use standardized sets of names to identify different pitches. And the names are represented by letters of the alphabet from A to G. Uh, you've probably heard this before. It goes like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then it starts from A again. So when you look at a standard 88-key piano, right, it has on the on the very first key from your left, counting from your left to right, is A, right? And A, B, C, D, E, F, G, the white keys, counting from left to right. Most, you know, um, synthesizers or electric pianos we have around won't have the the a the the very first the a1 i don't think but it's only the 88 key it's it has to be quite big like yeah so just i mean just look out for a very big piano or a very big keyboard the very first key is the a it's that's counting from there and when you play the keys in order from left to right, you are playing a sequence of pitches that we call a scale. And it's the same thing for singing. When you start from points, that's what we all know as do. You run the scale from do to do. So that's a scale. So the black keys on the piano also represents notes between the white keys. So this may be familiar to choristers. We have do and D. So you have, you know, fa and fi, so, z, those kind of things, right? So in music, we call them chromatic notes, right? Saps and flats or saps or flats or accidentals. They allow us to access even more pitches between the main white keys. And so, now this is a fun fact. You should check out Jacob Collier. Jacob Collier is an, uh, a new age jazz experimental folk indie R&B guy. He, like, I, I'm not really finding a genre to fit him in because he is, he's very unique. Unique is not a word I'm looking for, but he, 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 he stands out. He, he's, He's very eccentric, right? And he's experimenting a lot with semitones and pitches and, you know, identifying flats in flats and distinct semitones and all of that. And his music just, like, displays this depth of knowledge with pitch and harmony and all of that. So... You should you should give Jacob Collier a listen. So let's imagine a singer warming up their voice, right? They they'll start singing a series of pitches that go up and down, like do re mi fa so la ti do do ti la so fa mi re do those kind of things. A vocal warm up. It helps the singer, you know, prepare for singing songs in different keys. Now, when we talk about the keys, right, the key signatures, I'm I'm very sure most of you guys would not be lost or knowing what keys or the key signature is. A flat, B flat, C, C minor, C, F, those kind of things, right? Now, if you notice, 
they they also go with the names of the music alphabet so when you are in a key of b right you start the scale on b and that is where the tonic sulfate comes in so b would be your do and everything else would run from there b to b good b to b as i've just said is what we call an octave an octave is a distance between two pitches that have a special relationship let's put it that way so when you sing or play a note and then go to the next note with the same letter but higher right or lower you're going up or down an octave so as i mentioned when you start your do on a b that is why you're in the key of b major or b minor or b flat whatever when you go to the next b either higher or lower you have moved up or down an octave octaves are fascinating because they sound similar even though they are higher or lower if you play two notes that are an octave apart on the piano they will have a pleasing harmony finally it is important to note that everyone has their unique voice or instruments which gives them a specific pitch range so like i mentioned sopranos would have higher voices while others altos tenors basses would have lower voices and instruments also have their own characteristic pitch ranges now this is something you guys it, it's it's quite fun to actually look into so when when you have an orchestral setting you may want to find out the reason why there are, there are first violins, second violins, violas, and all of that. Most of it is, you know, composer preference, like parts written for first and second violins, and violas and the trumpets in C's and trumpets in F and all of that, showing how, showing the range these instruments can have. So a trumpet would pitch higher than a tuba or an euphonium. A clarinet would pitch higher than uh, flutes. So now that that is setting, we are going to wrap up today's exploration of pitch, just a part of it. On the next episode, we would learn what absolute pitch is and what perfect pitch is. Now, this is not really, this is not a very, you know, necessary topic to look at, but it's a personal preference because it's so fascinating absolute and perfect pitch now we have learned today that pitch refers to the highness or lowness of a sound and is determined by the frequency of sound waves but we've also learned how musical alphabets skills and octaves play a role in understanding pitch in music so that's what we've learned today so keep it in mind and bring it to the next episode where we keep exploring and learning next time on one note too many. Until then, listen to orchestral pieces. Listen for those violists, those tubers, those French horns, all of those things. And embrace the beauty of pitch. Keep listening. Thank you for listening to One Note Too Many. I'll see you. Bye. Mm-hmm.